Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to state before we start the discussion and go over the tips on dealing with an addicted spouse, I would like to say for me personally, the most amazing and beautiful triumph in life for me is seeing an addict find their recovery. It's the most amazing and liberating and self-fulfilling thing to witness. I witnessed this within myself and some family and friends and recovery is such a miraculous thing. When dealing with addiction, you're dealing with something that's almost supernatural. This is like almost a demonic attack that attacks the nervous system, the mind, the body, the spirit of the addict. And so many people die without having a chance to find their recovery. And when you're in your addiction, and this is a firsthand experience from when in addiction, it's almost as if you're under some form of possession. So despite the fact that the addict can be annoying and frustrating at times and heartbreaking, always keep in mind that this person is under some undue influence by a higher power than themselves and is very, very difficult. And underneath all of that sadness is an innocent human being that just wants to be free. And if that human being could find that freedom, and that's where the miracle lies. So for me, ladies and gentlemen, that's my personal number one triumph I love to see as a human being for our humanity is seeing the transformation from an addict to their recovery. It's a beautiful thing. So with that being said, I just want everyone to know I'm an advocate for recovery and I love any I love you all of you. If you're out there and you're struggling from addiction, don't take this episode as a personal attack. Just keep in mind that your family members and your spouses and the people in your life that are not addicts, they have a hard time and they do go through the addiction with you. So this episode is intended to give them some advice and some help in helping you on your journey. This is not a personal attack. I'm an addict. You guys know my story. I love you guys. And I know one thing most addicts usually need is a little tough love once in a while. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We dedicate this episode to all the family members and spouses who are dealing with someone in their life that's struggling inactive um addiction all right i'll catch you guys soon thank you when you are married or in a relationship with an addict your whole life turns upside down chaos naturally accompanies the disease of addiction what used to be a happy home can quickly take on the appearance of a circus especially if your spouse is actively abusing drugs or alcohol there's a wealth of information out there for those looking to help an addicted loved one. But what about helping yourself? What about your feelings? And what about your needs and wants? Ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, we're going to look at the relationship between drugs and alcohol and how that affects the family unit and spouses in relationships.
If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tips to help you deal with the alcoholic spouse. When someone you love suffers from an addiction, it can tear you apart. What's more, the mere presence of the addiction completely removes your ability to communicate honestly. In marriage, it's even worse. There are so many feelings involved, and the person you love have the power to hurt you more than anyone else in your life. Living with an alcoholic is traumatic. You're affected from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to sleep at night. Still, when you know how to deal with your alcoholic spouse, life can become better. In fact, it can even lead to your spouse getting the help that's needed to recover. With that in mind, here are a few tips that you must hear and remember they can help you cope with your alcoholic spouse. First thing first, remember that alcoholism is a disease. It is very hard to believe that your spouse is no longer making an active choice to drink. However, when someone is an alcoholic, the choice to drink is no longer within their control at least to some extent. Alcoholism is a disease, and in order to fully understand it, it can be helpful to think of it in the way that you think of other diseases, such as cancer or heart disease. It is possible to make a choice to recover from alcoholism, but until the individual makes that decision, the disease remains in place. According to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, more than a third of U.S. adults who were dependent on alcohol are now in full recovery. So recovery is possible as long as your spouse is willing, and that may eventually be the case, even if it isn't right now. Two, don't become angry. Your instinct is to respond to your spouse with anger when you know he or she has been drinking. It becomes tiring to cope with the stress, and at times, it may even become unbearable. Even so, maintain a sense of peace and patience. It may help to find a friend you can vent to about your anger, but avoid targeting your spouse with those feelings. It may help to continually remind yourself that what you're really angry at is the disease and not your spouse. Remember, a good temper is much more likely to have a positive effect on your spouse in the long in the long run. What you really want to accomplish is recovery from the disease of alcoholism and maintaining a positive attitude. Even if you eventually have to leave your spouse for one reason or another, is the best way to achieve that. Third, focus on yourself. If you allow it to, your spouse's alcoholism will take over your life. In fact, in 2013 study, 
by the University of Buffalo in New York and supported by the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, it was found that 50% of all marriages that involve one alcoholic spouse end in divorce. There is nothing you could do to change your spouse's alcoholism. That type of change has to come from within him or her. However, you can, what you can do is make sure you're taking care of yourself. Investing your relationship with other people, with children, and with your extended family members. Treat yourself to something you enjoy on occasion in order to give yourself a break from the turmoil at home, such as a pedicure at night or the movie with friends. Doing these things will give you the stamina and resolve you need during a difficult time. Four, have a simple, honest discussion, but do it the right way. It's good to talk about your spouse's alcoholism and how it's affecting you and even your marriage, but make sure you choose your words carefully. Statements that begin with you always or you make it hard to or you're only going to make it's only going to make your spouse defensive. Instead, choose I statements to convey how you feel, such as I'm having a difficult time sleeping at night because of the late nights you're keeping. Be gentle but firm in your statements. Above all, don't become angry or accusing. Don't enable your spouse or try to prevent consequences. One of the mistakes many people make is enabling their alcoholic spouses or trying to prevent consequences from occurring. This does nothing to solve the problem and it only prevents your spouse from experiencing the results of his or her actions, which may eventually lead to recovery. 6. Allow your spouse to explain his or her choices to others. Your spouse may ask you to lie for him or her or try to cover up a bad choice involving alcohol. Politely decline to do so. Remember that it's not your job to shed a good light on your spouse and this forces him or her to take responsibility which may lead to a quicker recovery. Lastly, if your spouse is interested in getting professional help, encourage this to happen quickly. Eventually, your spouse may come to you and express an interest in recovery. This is the time to encourage him or her to do so. You can provide website links or phone numbers to help. It is important to act fast because the determination to get help can fade as quickly as it appeared. The bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, living with an alcoholic spouse might be one of the biggest challenges you'll ever undertake. So just be mindful. However, if you're careful to keep these tips in mind and you remember that alcoholism is a disease, you keep your anger at bay, focus on yourself, discuss the problem calmly, honestly and rationally, don't enable and act quickly when professional help is sought, you will find that you can overcome it. Ladies and gentlemen, good luck. And if you are there living with an alcoholic spouse, just be mindful, patient. Um, I once was the alcoholic in the relationship. And to this day, I'm very mindful on how much trauma and frustration I caused the person that I was in a relationship with. And um, and I'm familiar with also dealing with alcoholism and with 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 people that I love. And it's just not easy. And um, 
I have an open heart and I'll be honest, sometimes I really get angry even though I'm an alcoholic. And even though I was recently in that same place, I still tend to sometimes get very uh, um, unnerved and upset and just kind of frustrated uh, when I get around anyone that's intoxicated because seeing someone drunk, it triggers me and it puts me back into a bad place. And um, it's difficult when you're in recovery and you're still around people that are struggling with alcoholism. That could be extra challenging. So my advice to anyone that may be in recovery that's dealing with an alcoholic spouse, a family member, a friend, just remember to protect yourself at all costs. Don't let that stress cause you to trigger yourself into relapsing and be patient with both the addict and yourself. And, you know, just have faith and pray because in time, miracles do happen. And if I gave up on myself, I would be dead today. And, um, and you know, I, I, I was hurt when I felt like people gave up on me and I remember how it felt to be an addict and to have people constantly judge me and talk about me and you know abandon me but you know it's not easy being an addict so in retrospect I could say to myself honestly you know I was a pain in the ass you know and sometimes being an addict is frustrating to the people that you love and for everyone that's stuck in there, I love you. And for the people that didn't, I respect it. And um, I can't blame anyone but myself. And I have to take 100% accountability for my mistakes. Um, I went from having a victim mindset to a victim mindset. And I had to break the victim mentality and just realize that anything that happened to me in my life was my fault. And, and I have no one to blame. Uh, you know, wherever I'm at, wherever I landed, it's my responsibility and I, I could look back now and I'm happy I made the right choice. In the meantime, I have to really dig deep down to find compassion and love for those still struggling. And I urge you to, ladies and gentlemen, have patience. Try not to be angered and hang in there if you have someone in your life that's struggling with alcoholism or drugs. Take care. Do's and don'ts when helping your addicted spouse. Do get help for yourself, such as through our Anon or other community support groups. Attend family or marriage counseling. Practice detaching with love. Example given, actively removing yourself from enabling your loved one, but doing so by continuing to show love to him or her. An example being placing a blanket over your spouse who has passed out on the floor but not moving him or her to the bed instead educate yourself about addiction as a disease also remember to do and be clear about your emotions surrounding your loved one's addiction example given tell him or her that when he or she uses you feel scared worried angry and afraid etc utilize ultimatums but only if you intend to follow through with them that's important don't make promises or ultimatums that you're not willing don't because sometimes an addict will call your bluff all right things not to do do not 
cover up for your spouse or make excuses for him or her. Do not ignore that there is a problem occurring within your relationship or marriage. Be honest with your spouse. Doing so can make it difficult for him or her to trust you when it's time when the time comes for help. So don't be dishonest with your spouse. Do not drink or use drugs alongside of your spouse or your significant other. Do not judge, blame, or degrade him or her because of their substance abuse. Do not blame yourself for your spouse's substance abuse. Do not tell your spouse that if he or she keeps using, you would do X, Y, Z, and then not follow through with that action. Do not bail him or her out of jail or any other situation that his or her addiction has caused. I don't 100% agree with that. That's just a Brooklyn thing. Um, do not compromise your well-being at the hands of your spouse's addiction. I agree with that. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's very important. A huge misconception about what to do and what not to do when your spouse is addicted to drugs or alcohol is that every action that you should take needs to be centered around your spouse. When in this type of predicament, there is an element of of having to view your spouse as a ship that is taken on water. If you get on that ship, you will go down with it. This does not mean that you cannot help your spouse, of course, but it does mean that you cannot sacrifice yourself in an effort to do so. Addiction is an insidious disease and forgetting yourself in the process of helping your spouse will only cause you both to crash and burn. So you're married to an addict. Is divorce inevitable? Like everything else, it all depends. If you love an alcoholic or addict, you know how terrible the disease of addiction can be. And you are indirectly impacted. If you are married to an addict or alcoholic, not only do you suffer from watching the person you love go down the tubes, you are directly affected. You have to deal with the person you love behaving irrationally, getting sick, perhaps lying, cheating, or any other number of unacceptable behaviors. And on top of that, you are legally bound to this person. That means that you bear the brunt and are on the hook for any damage they may cause. For example, if your spouse drives while intoxicated, you are the one who sips home and worries if he or she gets arrested for driving under the influence. You are the one who gets the call at 2 a.m. from the police or the hospital. You are the one who has to pay the fines for the DUI and or damage done to the car or another's property and the funds used to pay for damages awarded in the lawsuit or insurance claim properly come from your hard-earned dollars or sweat equity as well. No doubt, addiction is one of the greatest challenges a marriage will face. It is also perhaps one of the most frustrating in the sense that a rational, non-addicted person looks at an addict and says, can't you see what you're doing to us? Why won't you stop using? Or if you really love me, you'll stop drinking, spending too much, starving yourself. Tragically, 
I have seen dozens of relationships completely deteriorate or completely dissolve due to addiction in one spouse or another. Given that the prevalence of addiction is staggering, this comes at no surprise. Here are some of the estimates of numbers on only a handful of types of addictions. 12 to 13 million alcoholics in the U.S., 1 to 2 million cocaine addicts in the U.S., 8 million Americans are believed to have eating disorders, and 2 million U.S. citizens are estimated to be pathologically problematic gamblers, and 4 to 6 million people might be classified as merely problem gamblers. There are many other variations of addiction, such as gaming, shopping, or spending, sex, and love addiction, which might include internet porn and pot smoking, which is also too often disguised as a medical necessity. Because all addictive illnesses are progressive, the only path for the addict and his or her spouse is a downward spiral. If they don't get help, while this decline seems preventable and there is no shortage of rehabs, 12-step programs and other types of supports, an addict has to want to help in or want to get help in order to stop acting self-destructively. But addiction is a disease that tells the addict he or she doesn't have a disease. Unlike other diseases such as cancer that may invoke a patient's survival instincts, addiction wants the wants its victim dead, but as the saying goes, its content to just make the person miserable is content with just making the person miserable so getting back to the issue of marriage and addiction it would seem that there are just as many millions of people out there suffering from the effects of living with an addict with just the numbers listed above assuming half of these people are married there are as many as 12.5 million spouses suffering out there on their limited array of addictions that's a lot of suffering some of the people will divorce some will live with the problem for the rest of their days and sadly the smallest number of people will get the help they need and enjoy recovery from the addiction and go on to live a happy and fulfilled married life the threat of divorce is not usually enough to get an addict in the throes of their addiction to stop it almost never a function of their love for the mate rather it's an indication of the level of progression in their addictive illness while the threat of divorce should never be used if you don't plan on following through with it divorce can be a bottom for some addicts and can be impetuous for them to stop using after all when you are responsible for yourself and living on half of all the assets you once had it is much harder to maintain an addiction it's important to seek professional guidance with with regard to the tragedy um, and strategy you have in moving forward. I recommend checking out 12-step programs such as our Anon, CODA, which is Codependence Anonymous, ACOA, which is Adult Children of Alcoholics, as well as many companion programs for gamblers, sex addicts, food addicts, and more. Addiction Essential Reads, the, opiate, uh, the Opioid Epidemic Past and Future, 
vaping and acute lung injury are all e-cigarettes to blame for those who need professional advice it can be helpful to find a therapist in your community who specializes in addictive illness and recovery if you have tried all the measures to change the to change the addictive family system and nothing has worked you may want to look into conducting an intervention this is a powerful tool that friends and family can use to educate everyone including the addict on what addiction is how the family system may be unconsciously helping the addict continue the negative behavior and what type of treatment plan is recommended for the family yes the family it is a fact that treating the addict alone would do little to interrupt the dysfunctional system when all else fails you may have to look at getting legal separation or even a divorce a legal separation is a legal proceeding in which you maintain your marital status but you are no longer tied to your spouse financially. You would need to speak with a local attorney to know if this is a good or practical option for your particular situation. Having to get a divorce is unfortunate to say the least. It can be heartbreaking and devastating, but it sometimes is the only choice you have as a non-addict. This is especially true for when there are children involved because they need a stable adult around. When addiction is present, both parents are unavailable and there is little or no stability and consistency. Here are some questions you can ask that may help you get clarity on what steps if any you can or should take next have you acknowledged to yourself that your spouse is an addict have you acknowledged to your spouse that he or she is an addict has your life been made chaotic as a result of living with an addict have you gotten help from yourself or an addiction expert have you sought help for your spouse from an addiction expert have you attended counseling together with your spouse from a therapist who is knowledgeable about addiction and family systems? Have you experienced serious negative consequences as a result of your spouse's addiction? Have you let your spouse have you have you let your spouse know that you are contemplating divorce unless he or she stops using? Are you tr truly willing to leave? Have you done a trial separation? Have you considered arranging an intervention? Here are some of the national resources and books that may be helpful to you in dealing with your situation. Ladies and gentlemen, this article was from Psychology Today and I will leave this in the show notes. Um, divorce is a serious thing. Separation is a serious thing. Um, I am an advocate for hanging in there for the addict, but... When it comes to your emotional health and your psychological health and your mental health and physical health, if you are left with no more options and it's going on too many years and your quality of life is deteriorating, I do recommend you, you know, looking into the option of maybe just doing what's right for yourself now that may be a short-term separation that may be a long-term separation um but that's not my role to tell you what to do but i will just say protect yourself i always say said to the people around me that struggle and um i know i'm like look you know an a, a addict could really throw it could really affect someone else's health and vitality, you know. 
Um, you know, people could just drop dead of a heart attack due to the stress and anxiety. It, you know, so my thing is when, for me personally, when I realized that my addiction started taking a toll on my family, like where, you know, I started seeing my mother stressing out and my siblings stressing out. That's when I started to say to myself, you know what, this is the, this is the end. Cause I, you know, now it's not just about me being young and having fun and going through the motions and my depression and stuff. It was selfish at that moment. And I did have a disease and I had to acknowledge that. But for me to continue my addiction at other people's expense and their health because they love me was a social irresponsibility that I wasn't willing to continue. And um, I had to do what was right for myself and I got sober for myself, but I also started to see the signs. So my thing, I, my thing to anyone that's listening that's struggling with addiction still, you know, think about your humanity as a whole, and think about your disease. Now it's very, it's very hard, but one of the things that helped me was you don't want to be the cause of someone else's um, death. Due to your addiction or, you know, sending someone to an early grave like a parent or something because in their advanced years, they just couldn't deal with your bullshit anymore. For the addict, we all must take some real critical level of self-inventory and responsibility. And yes, we do struggle from the disease of alcoholism and the, and the drug dependencies, but... And this is a big but. We must be mindful and take accountability for our actions and how they affect other people, especially if you have children. I did an episode called Parental Alcoholism, and that's something I'll have zero tolerance for. When your alcohol or addiction starts to affect children, then that becomes a public crisis and um, and and I think a state of emergency for the familiar unit. So my thing, ladies and gentlemen, is everyone out there, every family member that's dealing with the addict and the addict also, we all must do our part to help each other get to recovery and get to a safe place because we don't want to bury anyone else. So with that being said, let's just be patient and mindful, but also the clock is ticking for every one of us that's in that family unit um, that has an addict and I saw on a firsthand basis the stress that addiction could cause and I would never forget you know some of my family members faces um after one of my episodes of binges and you know start seeing the fear get into people that's when it was enough is enough that's when I had to sit down and talk to doctors and I made a, a promise to myself I'm going to do all the work and I'm going to get to the bottom of what's happening. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're struggling with addiction, you'd be surprised how much knowledge and information can free you. It is so liberating for one someone to sit down and say, look, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not crazy. You're suffering from a genetic disease that doesn't allow you to drink like a normal person. So if you drink, you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to stop, and it's gonna create problems in your life. So you need uh, a medical intervention, or somehow you need uh, some form of treatment 
And with treatment, you can live a normal life forever. That's plain English and it's so clear and refreshing. But believe it or not, a lot of addicts out there, even if they think they know this, they don't really understand it. Because if you don't go through the process, you have a certain level of fear of the success of the process. And for many of us, we may relapse. I relapsed two or three times before I found absolute sobriety and I'm only seven years in. I have no plans on relapsing in the future, but you never know what happens. But I'm doing everything in my power to maintain my sobriety and live this lifestyle because I never want to go back to a place where I'm hurting myself and hurting other people. So just love yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, and let's try to beat this damn opioid crisis, alcohol crisis, drug crisis, and um, process and behavioral addiction crisis together. We're all recovering from something and we must be mindful. All right. You're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. Good luck and God bless all of the families out there who's dealing with an addict and God bless all the addicts out there. I hope we all get to the other side, and I'll catch you on the other side. Thank you.